good day to you and welcome to another episode of Security in a Zero Trust World, powered by Unisys. I'm Steve Mullen. In this series, we talk a lot about how to keep businesses and government networks and computer systems safe, a goal that's becoming harder and harder to achieve because bad actors are reducing the amount of time available to stop the attacks. And the systems put in place to slow them down are becoming less and less effective. It's getting to the point where our next guest says prevention is dead. Joining us on this episode is Matt Newfield, Chief Information Security Officer for Unisys. He says active response is the key to security these days. Matt, thanks for joining us on Security in a Zero Trust World. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, when it comes to cybersecurity, it seems like prevention would be key, but you say prevention is dead. What do you mean by that? So it's much more than just the term prevention is dead. And before we get into the details, I by no means am saying don't try to prevent breaches, right? But what my point is, if you look at the last five years and you look at every major cyber incident that's occurred around the world, can you think of a single corporation that did not have a myriad of preventative technologies from the you know typical things you would expect, firewalls, IDS, IDP, SOAR implementation, cloud Kubernetes, containers, and you can go down the list of those, and they still got breached, and they still had problems in the marketplace. That's why I believe the concept of prevention is dead, and what should follow that is long-live active response. The thought of trying to prevent every breach scenario one is exhausting to even think about, but two is a trial in, in, in an inability to actually be successful. You know, the easiest thing for me to correlate it to it's if you were an engineer designing a car and I asked you to build a car that could never get into an accident, right? There's just no way this is getting into an accident. Would you be successful? And generally, the answer is going to be no. I haven't seen a car today that just can never get into an accident. Even those that purport the capability still have gotten into accidents. So what is the better alternative? The better alternative is to look at, if we use that car analogy, better seatbelts, airbags, defensive driving classes, better brakes, better technologies to help us in our ability to either once we've gotten into an accident, survive it, or to help avoid it once we're in that scenario. And that's really what I'm talking about. The new mantra in the world is from the time you have a breach, an infection, whatever it may be, a cyber incident, you have 20 minutes, not to notice it, but to stop it. And that is a huge change in the market because today, if you look at any of the major studies that are out there, you can see averages in the 167, 170, 190 days to even notice it. We call that MTTD or mean time to detect. And then if you put on top of that MTTR or mean time to respond, Those numbers for many studies that I've seen can go over a year. And if you only have 20 minutes to do something about an infection, finding out about it a year later is a major, major problem. Now, I do want to talk more about active response, but let's stick with prevention for just one moment. Is there a preventative measure that does work in cybersecurity or is it pretty much just 
maybe it slows them down a little bit. It slows them down a little bit. There are good reasons to have preventative technologies, right? That you want to stop low-hanging fruit. Most people who have a breach, most people who experience infections, they're not targeted. They're collateral damage. It's accidental. Attackers, for the most part, are, are sending out their wares to large swaths of IP ranges and URLs looking for people that have exposed themselves via not patching, you know, not putting in certain controls. So it's not that you shouldn't have a firewall. You know, it's not that you shouldn't patch your systems. You must do those low-hanging fruits. My point is you can't depend on those to be the ultimate reason you are not going to have a problem because history shows us those organizations that have had those breaches did, and they still ran into problems. Well, now let's look at active response for just a second. What sort of measures can work with that, or is it just a matter of response time? Well, so it's a little about response time, but it's more around a mindset, in my opinion. You got to change the mindset. And I think a lot of people in the cybersecurity community are not really paying attention. And the reason is, if you look at what we do on a day-to-day basis, if you look at the information thrown at us on a day-to-day basis, it is massively overwhelming. And trying to figure out what things I should be focusing on every single day can become overwhelming for a lot of people. And that's because a lot of these people look at that information and go, how am I going to stop that thing from happening? And again, that's that preventative mindset. I change it around inside of our corporation. We obviously do a lot of our due diligence to make sure we can stop as much bad as possible in the the organization. But we spend more of our time looking around and figuring out better automated ways to respond to things that have occurred. You know, I always use an expression when I'm out talking to people my goal is not to stop a breach. My goal is to make sure the breaches are non-newsworthy. So I'll give you an example. We may have a system, a laptop, let's say, get infected. For whatever reason, the endpoint detection response systems, our antivirus systems, our anti-phishing systems have allowed something in and an end user has clicked on something they shouldn't have clicked on and the system gets infected. That happens all the time. My goal is not to continue to restrict email, for example, to a point where people can no longer use their email systems. But my goal now is to say, okay, I'm going to make an assumption that everybody, and I mean everybody in our corporation, is going to click a link. They're going to get an infection. So what capabilities can I put in place to respond to those infections, to respond to those EDR and AV misses, to respond to those phishing misses that you can't train people out of? And that's really an active response. So for example, this is a a typical use case that I use. In our corporation, we have thousands of employees and tens of thousands of laptops and desktops throughout the world. But I always ask people, do you know the cyber kill chain? And I'm shocked how many people really never thought about it. But one of the steps in a cyber kill chain is reconnaissance. 
So if I get infected, my system gets infected, or a person breaches a system in my environment, one of the first things they're going to do is look around the network. Where am I? What other assets can I infect? How can I spread low and wide as quickly as possible so that if I get discovered on this machine, I still have my tentacles on others' machines? And that is known as reconnaissance, right? I am out looking in an environment. Well, then if you step back and you have an active response mindset and a zero trust mindset, one of the first things you would think about is, okay, how many laptops and desktops inside of your company should be authorized to run any tool that does network reconnaissance? For us, the answer is zero. And then how many users? And for us, it's just a handful of people. So we've deployed capabilities that basically say, I don't worry about my SIM for this. I don't have to worry about my firewalls. But if a laptop, a desktop, or a user performs any sort of network reconnaissance, and we have a list of those things that they may do, we're going to take that laptop off the network immediately, and we're going to cryptographically isolate it. End of story. And we're going to shut down the associated user account, end of story, and we'll generate a ticket for our operations center. And what you should have just heard me say is, I didn't stop that system from having the infection, but I stopped it from causing additional damage and making noise in my environment. Well, now, based on what you're saying, it sounds like organizations and businesses should just assume there are bad actors on their networks at all time. Is that a valid strategy to go with? Absolutely. And, and bad actors may be the, the wrong term to use, but I, I change it slightly to say that you should assume that there are human beings on your network. We all make mistakes. I would be lying if I did not say I have failed phishing tests, right? We all have done that. You're in a hurry, you click a link. You think that's a valid email, you're not paying attention, you're, you're boarding a flight and you click the link or you respond inappropriately. We all make mistakes, right? We've all mistyped URLs and gone to sites that could potentially infect the systems we're on. If we weren't human beings, all of the scams in the world wouldn't be of existence. So again, if you make the assumption that there are just humans on your network, and that some of them are bad actors, but some of them just make mistakes. You can actually transform your security model into something completely different than it is today. You can stop believing that what you have is a known good when there is no real way to know if it's a known good. And that doesn't mean making it harder for people to do their jobs. All we're doing is if you should have access to these 12 applications, then just give you and your system access to those 12 applications and continually authenticate you against those applications. There's no reason you should do a one and done authentication. There's no reason to believe just because I'm sitting inside of this building and I've gotten through the security that I am a known good. And that's all we're really talking about. I believe there's an unfortunate where people have gone to a point where you look around and go, well, everybody here is malicious. That's not what we're talking about. Again, it's just we're all human. Matt Newfield, Chief Information Security Officer for Unisys. Thanks so much for being on the program. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. 
If you'd like to learn more about cybersecurity and active response, head over to the Unisys blogs at blogs.unisys.com. Be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss a single episode of this show and leave us a review so we can hear your feedback. Thanks so much for listening to Security in a Zero Trust World, powered by Unisys. I'm Steve Mullen.